Sipping on some 40s, yeah, yeah. Talking about the 40s, oh yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting episode of 40s on 40s. I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And today we're going to talk about four more hits from the Billboard Hot 100. So uh, without further ado, let's crack these guys open. What do we got here today, Josh? <laughs> you sound so unenthused. <laughs> got, here, listen, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build suspense. All right? we, have, uh, <laughs> we have Bud Ice. Bud Premium Ice Lager. It's premium because... I love you, Josh. <laughs> I love you too, Seth. <laughs> oh, man. See, it's funny because when I was picking out 40s today, I was like, you know, maybe I ought to get something special. Last episode was pretty intense. Maybe I ought to get something nice and fancy that'll go down easier. But then I realized that this had a twist off cap, so I decided to go with that <laughs> instead. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I think it'll work out, though. You know, I don't think I've ever had a problem with... Bud Light, yeah. Bud Ice, extra icy. Cheers, anyway, cheers, buddy. You know that's all right. It's not terrible. I'm down with it. Yeah, I think it's good. It's good casual pop music. It's pleased me. Stuff. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, cool. So the ice pleaseth me. <laughs> So what's, you, what song are we? Would you say it's ice to see your ice to see it? Uh, Wait, no, that's not how that goes. I don't know what that means. Man, I totally <laughs> fucked that. Up. Uh, I just wanted to do an ice pun, Josh. I'll ice insert one in post. What killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. <laughs> God, do you remember Batman and Robin? Did you ever see that movie? I did. It was I loved I loved Batman as a child. And, I did um, too. Yeah, that was not a good one, looking back, <laughs> <laughs> looking back on it. I always thought George Clooney just didn't really work as Batman, you know? He was okay. He was... I would say he's probably bottom-tier Batman. He was the worst that I know of. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I mean, he wasn't awful, but I just don't really think he was good, you know? No, he... No. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's get into it here. Um, number one on the billboard is still Taylor Swift, Look What You Made Me Do. Look what you made us do. She's still there. It's just still there. Uh, Number two, Cardi B, moving up in the world. Uh, Number three is Logic. Number four is Despacito. Damn, it's already number four, dude. Mm. It used to be number one. But at number five, we have a newcomer. Um, This uh, this guy named Sam Smith. You might have heard of him. Maybe. Wait, have you actually heard of him? I've heard the name, but I don't recall any songs. If I heard a song, I'd probably recognize it, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the song that he has up here is called Too Good at Goodbyes. Just came out last week, I think. So, uh, I hate goodbyes. You like goodbyes? No, I hate goodbyes. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, not even too. joking. I actually don't like goodbyes. Like, I, I, like, I mean, I'll hug people goodbye. I like hugs and stuff, but... Um, Especially if it's like I'm seeing someone that I don't see often, like mm-hmm. say I'm visiting family in the East Coast or something. I don't like goodbyes. It's like I'd rather just be more casual with it, and and I sort of feel better like like oh you know I'll see them again soon, and this isn't as big of a moment. It would, feels like less of a loss when you say goodbye. Would you rather pull like the Irish goodbye and just like ghost them? No, I can't ghost any. I don't ghost people. That's because that's because you're a classy dude, Josh. Yeah. I was taught 
I think most people are taught that way. You don't just leave places without... Yeah. I always thought that was weird to just, like, up and ditch people. Yeah. That really seemed um, right. Yeah, it's like, even if I feel shy, I just force myself to say bye, but... Um, yeah. yeah, I'd rather sort of, like, hug and, like, say things without actually saying goodbye, and then... Oh, okay. Some more of, like, a I'll see you around kind of thing? Yeah, I'd have to think about it. I say that, though, probably. It's one of the things. <laughs> well, look someone you, else... Look what you made us do, Sam Smith. Oh, God. Talking about goodbyes now. Talk about a mashup that I would be pretty not excited to hear. Damn. But I am more excited to hear this, so let's <laughs> check this out. See what we got here. Every time you hurt me, the list that I cry. And every time you leave me, the quicker these tears dry. And every time you walk out the list, I love you. Baby, we don't stand a chance. It's sad, but it's true. I'm way too good at goodbye. I'm way too good at Dude, I gotta say, um, live cello makes everything better. Just gonna say that now, for the record. That cello part was awesome. Like, it would, like, it had so many different components to it, too. I, I was, like, I kept refocusing in on it, probably because I'm a strings nerd. But, like, it would do these, like, sweeping por portions. It would do these long notes. Like, it was a very, like, good use of the cello, in my opinion. It was, mm -hmm. like, it it did a lot of things that I liked. But that's, like, that's, like, an extra thing. But I just wanted to say that first before I forgot about it. That's good. <clears throat> in that vein, I liked, in the second verse, there was a mm. guitar. Like, on maybe the voice beat every bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very, um... There's a lot of uh, room sound to it. Mm -hmm. It might have just been like heavily uh, verbed. Yeah. But, um, but I, I that was a little tasteful ad. Yeah, totally. You know, I always, whenever I've heard Sam Smith's other songs, I always get like this vibe, like that him and Adele have like very similar production on their songs. Mm -hmm. Like they both have this production that's very much like you really feel like they're in like a big like ballroom recording it. Like, or you get the sense that the room that they're in is really large and, like, spacious. Right. Probably because of all the reverb that's in their instruments. Um, but I felt that in this song a lot. Um, yeah, no, honestly, like, I really like this song a lot. It was, it was really sad. Sam yeah. Smith is great at writing sad breakup songs, dude. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, or the, like someone that doesn't really want to be with him but they're like coming they're on and off with him mm -hmm. and so he has to guard himself it's like he can't say no but he doesn't want to be vulnerable because he knows that they will leave him again yeah um i liked his voice um i thought it was emotive and mm -hmm. it was vulnerable mm -hmm. um when the choir came in, I was on the fence about it. Oh, okay. Because I associate choirs with so much with gospel and just right. the suffering of uh, African-American communities. Mm. Um, so I had to, like, reorient myself and be like, no, this is just, like, a, a group of people that are trying to emphasize the feeling. Right. So I thought it was all right. I thought it was okay. Um... 
and then the beat when the beat came in it was like it almost made me want to start dancing and that also i was on the fence about because mm. the mood was created we created this sort of sad vulnerable um vibe and then the beat makes you want to dance and when i think of dancing i'm usually more in a different mood sure yeah. but but i was like well what if like this is what if sometimes you want to dance in like a sad or cathartic way like that could work too you know josh back in middle school they called those slow dances there you go <laughs> um, and it's even better because if you're in like a school environment <clears throat> especially it's always a lot of drama around the person you have a crush on <laughs> right, yeah. so this is like the automatic like look yeah. i'm i'm like deep and have feelings so let's like let's slow dance right i would um, say <laughs> my critique would be the lyrics were a little bland. Okay. Because his voice is so treated and, like, calm. Like, so treated and there's so many um, cut and pastes, which mm. is my way of saying comped. I, I just say comped. Yeah. His voice is so treated and comped that it loses the natural vulnerable feeling. I feel like that's the problem with modern music is that the vocals are so treated and comped that it can take away from the actual intensity of emotion. Sure. Whether yeah. that's sad and vulnerable or whatever it is. Did you hear so. a lot of did you hear a lot of comping in this song? Yeah. Was there I like did. specific parts that you heard it in? Um it happened at least once in every verse or pre chorus or verse. Wow, okay. Yeah. Because I you actually could tell, you can sort of tell by the breathing and the way he's delivering the vocal that there's uh... literally no way he could sing the lines straight that way you're hearing them. Oh so I like, see. Okay. You know yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, when I think of comping, I think of that Niall Horan song that we heard a couple episodes ago with, like, the clipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, right. to me, I mean, but of course that's much more obvious. In this song, I think that it's it's a little sneakier the way it does it. Right. But, again, you're, you're a singer, so, like, if you know how, like, breath control a technique works, then you could probably yeah. tell when things are comped. And the thing is, like, the comping isn't the biggest factor I feel that takes away the natural emotional intensity Mm -hmm. that's one but it's not the the most I feel like the most is um is when vocals are uh when you take away the dynamics when they're too compressed right and when they're quantized to fit the beat exactly yeah and when they're pitch corrected those are the main things that I like I feel they kind of take away that more intense emotional like human natural element those things like like i'll I'll listen to queen albums and i love freddie's voice and he's very emotive singer yeah and he but he was a very much perfectionist so if i listen very closely i can tell when he comps things and he actually actually did it fairly often okay but it doesn't take me out of it too much because it's like it's not quantized it's not pitch corrected right you know and Mm -hmm. like the feelings there yeah um you mentioned the choir, um, and I actually, I think that's a really good point, that this sound, song does sound very gospel even though it's a breakup song, and so it's it does, it sort of conflicts with the idea of, like, a gospel song, so it's interesting in how it's, and how that's used. Um, one thing, one thing to note, though, is that in, uh, in Stay With Me, which was his big single from his oh, last album, yeah, that actually also uses a choir in it. Okay. Um, but what's really interesting about that, and I don't know if it's the same for this song, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same for this song. But one of the interesting 
uh, little tidbits that I learned upon looking into that first album is that those choir parts was all his voice. And it was just, he just recorded like 25, 30 takes of it, and they just spliced it together and made it sound like a choir. Hmm. Which is really interesting to me. And so, I was, when it, when the choir came in this time around, I was actually trying to listen to see if I could pick out if it was his voice again or not. It didn't sound like him. It, it sounded like there were, it sounded like there were much deeper and possibly like female voices in there this time. Yeah, I thought I heard some female voices. Uh, but again, like his voice is super malleable, so I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he at least did a little bit of the extra parts in there. Yeah. I think that's really interesting though, because it's almost like from a narrative perspective, it's like, it's his own voice in his head, like further cementing like mm-hmm. this idea. Uh, especially because this song, like, you can tell that the narrator's, like, very much, like, in his own head the way that he's been, like, talking about it. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I'd be interested to look that up and see if that was a technique that he used again in this song. Um, because I feel like that's a very, like, unique thing to do, especially for, like, a gospel-sounding part. So, yeah, man. Um. I'm good. Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to add? I'm good. I felt, because the last episode, I thought... I was not as on point with analyzing, mm. partially from being drunk, but, <laughs> like, there's that, I mean, I don't know, so I was, like, I made a point to try to be, uh, be better about, like, breaking down songs and giving good reasons for my feelings about them. Okay, okay. Does this mean that from we're... here on out, I've learned my lesson from that, <laughs> from that last drunken one. I think that last ep- episode was a pretty big, uh, we learned a lot of lessons from that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, you know, as all things do, we grow, we learn, we make better episodes for y'all, so, uh, you know, we're working on it, too. So, anyway, well, let's look at the next song, then. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Seth's job, even though I think it loaded. <laughs> um, six is Wild Thoughts. Okay, it's still there. Seven is Unforgettable. I already forgot. Um, eight is Attention by Charlie Puth. <laughs> the Puth man himself. <laughs> Nine is Believer, Imagine Dragons. Okay. Ten is There's Nothing Holding... My Back. Yeah. Did Damn, we do it must that be, one? That must get cold. Yeah, we did that one. Okay. I'll be honest, people. Like, half these songs I don't remember. <laughs> and the other half I kind of remember. Surprising that Unforgettable um, is so high on the list, then. Yeah. Okay, Eleven is Slow Hands. We did that one. Okay. Strip That Down. Okay. We did that. Sorry Not Sorry. We did that. Yep. Feel It Still, we did that. Yep. Um, bank Account, 21 Savage. Yep. We did that. Did that. Rake It Up. Yep. And Shape of You. Yep. That's What I Like. Yep. Oh, here we go. We didn't do this one right. No. Mi Gente. Mi Gente. By Jay Balvin and Willie William. Willie William. We didn't do that. We didn't do that so one there yet. there you go. There you go. Let's scope it out. <laughs> Si el ritmo te lleva a mover la cabeza y empezamos como es Mi música no discrimina a nadie así que vamos a romper Toda mi gente se mueve Mira el ritmo como los tiene Hago música que entretiene El mundo nos quiere, nos quiere, me quiere a mí Toda mi gente se mueve Mira el ritmo como los tiene Hago música que entretiene Mi música los tiene fuerte bailando y se baila así Cool. What'd you think of that? I liked that a lot. Yeah, me too, man. I liked that more than the Sam Smith song. I liked that a lot. Yeah, definitely. I like that this song was just like, it was like a party song, 
Yeah. But it didn't. So this was a party song, but it wasn't bragging about stealing anyone's chick. Yeah. It wasn't bragging about try. It wasn't even trying about bragging about trying to bang anybody. Yeah. It was literally. Or it wasn't bragging about having a lot of money or any of that. It was literally just, hey, we're at a party. And I'm I'm making music. There's literally a line in there where he says, "I make music for everyone." Yeah. So he's literally just like, "We're just here to party. Bottles up. Get your head moving. Get your bodies moving." Yeah. It's just like an all around just fun party song. I loved the message. Yeah. Yeah. Not, he's like. My people is just literally anyone that's willing to dance and have a good time. Exactly. And, like, I didn't know. Like, we're talking about the lyrics, but obviously... Well, not obviously, but we don't know Spanish very well. It's for you people at home. So <laughs> if you I, tell. I didn't really know. I just I knew the song was called My People, but I didn't... I, you know, I was just focusing completely on the music. Mm-hmm. And so before I, before I even knew the words, I liked it a lot. Like, yeah. I thought... It, I loved the, the main sample motif. Um, that little warble vibrato thing. You know, at, at first when it started, I laughed at it, but the more the song went on, the more down I was with yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the rap. I liked the way they delivered it. I liked mm-hmm. the, you know, funny little interludes, and like I liked the rhythms and the beats, and it yeah. was very symmetric. And like I was uh, very pleased with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was <laughs> a song. it was a really good song. Yeah. And you know, again, it was like the use of that Latin rhythm, but I feel like there was an emphasis on a different meter that made it kind of stand out a little bit from the other ones maybe it was like a different sound sample or something but it's yeah. it, it used that same rhythm but it sounded a lot fresher like it sounded like just a little there was a little bit of a spin on it to make it stand out a little bit more yeah um yeah man i mean <laughs> i guess there's not really a lot to say about this one other than it was fucking awesome <laughs> If this song came yeah. on, if I was leaving a club and this song came on, I'd probably be like, wait, 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 we should go back in and stay for this one. I might, yeah, I might if this song came on. Well, now that I know the song, I probably would. Yeah. If I didn't know the song, I'd be like, oh, that kind of sounds cool, and I'd leave. Well, you know what's funny is, like, if I was leaving and I heard that sample, I feel like I would stick around just to see, like, where it was going. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, again, without knowing... Where what what it was gonna do in the song? I was like, I want to know where this is going. Like, I want to know what this noise is gonna do. Yeah. Um, I certainly wasn't expecting, you know, just like a chill. I don't know. It was also nice because like it it was like a it was definitely like a turn up banger, but it didn't feel like it had like an excess of treble in it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of high end. There was a lot of like low end. Things were. I felt that. Things were very distinct, so, like, whoever makes... Obviously, these are professionals, but the EQ mix, I thought, was very good. And, yeah, Yeah. I agree, there was no, like, sort of grading, like, high-end or mid-high-end area that was, like, unpleasant in some songs you hear. Yeah. Um, I almost... I'm glad you said that, because it reminded me of something I liked specifically, I forgot to mention, is the... uh, when the low, long, drawn-out um, bass comes, you know, Mm -hmm. that vibrating, like, make you feel sexy and want to dance comes in... (laughs) I, lo- yeah. I thought it was very effective. It was uh, there was a um, like a three note melody to it, so it wasn't just it wasn't just vibration. There was like a melody to that that brr, like that vibrating yeah. bass, and it was and it fit very well. I felt and I was like, man, um, uh, it's uh, it kind of made me <clears throat> reminisce to North Hollywood parties where. I'd be one of the few non-Hispanic or Latin people, mm. but like people were accepting. Yeah, and, like, you dance and like you're kind of, um, you know, 
if you're single, you're excited to see some of the pretty attractive people there. And, yeah, uh, yeah maybe want to go back to those times. It actually kind of reminds me, oh man, who does that song? Uh, we can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. That's yeah. basically what the song is saying. Kinda, Except yeah. it's more, I mean, this song is obviously more, like, inclusive. But it's literally, like, my, yeah. pe- my people is anybody who can just, like, who wants to dance and who wants to have a good time and just, like, hang out. And I think the I think that's where the best parties are made, you know? It's yeah. just, like, as long as you... I mean, that's what's so great about music as, like, a medium in general is, like, you... It's a, it is kind of a universal language, as cheesy as it is to say. Like, if you make music that makes people move, then, like, you don't need any other kind of communication, you know? That's right. all you need. I feel like this segment is a little shorter. Yeah. Because um, we like the song and whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to share a uh, little anecdote, like, 20 second. Oh, yes. Share the anecdote. <clears throat> when I was, like, three years old. Oh, we're going way back. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, 94. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So my uh, my Aunt Beth, she is the youngest of five kids, so she was, like, probably in her 20s. Okay. She would take me and my sister out to, like, different things. Yeah. And, um... The I think there's a Neo song that would come out on the uh, when she would flip the radio around when she like take us back in the nighttime, mm-hmm. and it, would, it was like the underlay underlay moment. Oh yeah, dude. And uh, yeah. it's very like endearing story that she told me. Like I had no memory of this until she told me, and then I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Is that whenever that song would come on, like she wasn't too much into like um, she didn't know much about hip hop or like yeah. that kind of music. And so she probably would have just kept changing the station, but she said every time that song came on, I started freaking out. Like I started, <laughs> I started dancing, and I started like getting very excited. Oh my god, it's amazing! And I would sing along to it. I'd be like, underlay, underlay, mama, eat, uh, uh. And I That's was like, amazing. All about that song. Wow. Yeah. That and, is uh, so funny. I don't. Okay, it's fun and it's like nice and it's funny, but then also it's like it's me. It's interesting because it's like kids are just born with certain like. Uh, uh, I don't know inclinations. Totally. You know what I mean, it's like yeah, because you know, it's just being three years old and you respond to it. It's like some <laughs> some people they just have certain like our brains are wired to like certain like kinds of music. I guess. Totally, totally. Um, <clears throat> you know, I actually some on a similar anecdote. Um, there was so my dad when uh, me and my sister were very young. There was a certain age that we would turn. I think it was eight. And he would basically take us to, like, the local CD store, and he'd be like, okay, here's, like, 20 bucks, go and buy, like, whatever three, two or three CDs you guys want, and, like, this is your first time buying CDs, so, like, you can buy whatever you want, doesn't matter, uh, I know you're eight, so you're probably not gonna buy any death metal, just, you know, whatever you want, just go out and buy it, and, um, so my sister, of course, was first, because she was two years older than me, and one of the first... She actually got on tape was um, The Sign by Ace of Base. Okay. Um, the, like, the album, The Sign. And um, I remember she bought it, and we and she was playing it in the car on the way back home, and I distinctly remember, like, just immediately connecting to uh, Don't Turn Around. It's, like, the first track on that, on that tape. Mm-hmm. And I could not stop listening to that song. Yeah. Uh, it was just like something about it like I don't know what it was 
I think it was maybe that I had never heard like Europop before. Right. Or maybe I just didn't like the little bit about the, the voices or the I don't know, but it just like it was similar, like whenever that song would come on I would just like get like really excited yeah. for whatever reason. Um, I still get excited when I hear that song. Um, <laughs> not to the degree that I was when I was younger, but like, yeah. I'm still, uh, that song still has like really good memories, like, that I keep to this day, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it was Neo and like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're a big Michael Jackson. Yeah. Team, as Michael we have talked about this same, podcast. Similar toddler age, like I'd see like TV, like VH1 or something, mm-hmm. and like, whether it was like any era of Michael, I was always just like, awesome. I would actually run around and dance and like, uh, <laughs> I would say I was Michael Jackson. That's like amazing. My, my uncle and aunt, like, would, I have multiple uncles, but they would tell me like I would run around singing and dancing and like say I was Michael Jackson. I guess apparently I wanted to be him really bad, I guess. I mean, Michael Jackson was a incredible, incredible artist. I know that the latter part of his life, he got a lot of shit for, you know, public appearances that he made that were a little quirky but mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could deny that he was he was he was the king of pop like there's really no denying that and I think you know I when I was when I just got out of college and this is it came out um did you ever see this is it by the way I did see it yeah oh man it like blew my mind like I had a lot of respect for him before but I think after watching that and there was this moment where he's talking to his keyboardist mm-hmm. and um motorcycle and he's uh and he's like trying to describe like this mel this like rhythm melody combo that he wanted his keyboards to accentuate yeah and it just really struck me because like i didn't really realize i don't know i guess i didn't realize the depths of which michael jackson knew his own music which yeah. sounds really silly when i say it now but just like the fact that he knew every single little nuance about everything that went yeah. into his music was just like incredible to me yeah it was it was a rhythm on the way you make me feel, the keyboard part. Oh yeah, dude. He, it was literally so like <laughs> he was, the keyboard player was literally playing it like just a fraction off. He was mm-hmm. like swinging it slightly too much. Yeah, that's right. Like, it was just barely, but then but Michael could hear it. You know? So he's like, I just need you to swing like, that a aside. little bit more. Yeah. He pulled yeah. it aside. And he's like, ah, it's more like. It's like anyway. d- 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 yeah. Um, so good. Anyway, yeah, we're good. I'm we're not gonna burp anymore. I I just sorry, <laughs> I want to interrupt. I just want to say you say that now. <laughs> the last episode was the first episode where I was like, man, maybe it'll be funny and like better for the podcast uh-huh. if I don't burp under my breath and I just you just let rip them out. out as loud as I can. And I've decided against it. It's kind of funny, but it's gross and it was too much. We should have done like a burp counter last episode. Yeah. But, um, last episode, just a lot of things came out that I don't think either of us were entirely ready to share (laughs) to a live studio audience. Some of which we can never disclose. I mean, it's on, (laughs) it's on tape now, Josh. It's there. It's there for the people to listen to. Okay. Um, unless we edit it in post. (laughs) But, uh, anyway, thank you. Cool. Well, I think we're done with this one. I think that this gets a solid... A solid thumbs up from both of us. Yeah. It's a really great song. Um, so, next up, under that is XO Tour Life, uh, or XO Tour LLE3 by Lil Uzi Vert. Under that is Ready For It. Oh, that dropped so far. Wow, yeah, it did, huh? Wasn't that, that was like number four. It was like three. Damn. 
Wow, three to twenty-one. Apparently, well, everyone else is over it too. <laughs> clearly, shit. Uh, Body like a back road is twenty-two. Under that, uh, let's see here. Oh, and then we got a new one. Gucci Mane. I get the bag featuring Migos. Oh, I'm. I just can't contain my excitement any more than I am, Josh. <laughs> I just. Oh, it's okay. Straight up Here we go. Well, Josh, we, uh, we had a good run there. You know, we had a song that had us full of hope and wonder and you know, had us flying high and then <laughs> like a fucking slap to the face were brought back to reality with this song. As Kendrick Lamar says, uh, Damn. Bitch don't kill my vibe. Oh, that too. And the vibe was fucking killed. Bitch don't kill my vibe. It was fucking taken out back. That was old run yeller. over. Old yeller, man. <laughs> Just... Wait, is that the right movie reference? Yeah, uh, yes. No, that, that was the right one, yeah. yeah. Cause just god god damn it Gucci Mane uh, you had to you had to go and fuck up the flow didn't you didn't you didn't you bitch didn't you I'll give I'll try to give a quick read like why I didn't like it okay it was so unoriginal and it's like I've heard it a thousand times yeah you have this low drawn out oh oh to kind of give you this sort of drugged up feeling and then you have like they're gonna talk about drugs and then you have the background like yeah and then the drums like you have the hi-hat that sounds like a keyboard hi-hat it's like a very 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 rattly yeah very small window of like eq it's just Mm -hmm. like a you know and it just and then the the snare which is really more sounds like a clap and then you have like the the rapping was like so monotone and it was like nothing but triplets it was just like the whole thing was bland and boring and done before and then the lyrics are just like laughable laughable i mean the only good thing in my opinion the only thing that i enjoyed was that some of the like extra um background vocals were funny like the or like what were the other funny things? Oh my uh, god! Like, when he fucking arr, when arr. he fucking yelled "mama," yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> or the fact that he could now say that he yelled "cookies" as an ad lib in right. a song, I would do it just for that. I would be on this song just so I could yell "cookies" as an ad lib. Fuck yeah, I love cookies. Let me get at that. Okay. But was it worth the price? I I mean, I don't know. I just didn't like the song very much. Yeah, I mean, it was just... (laughs) We both, we both immediately, like, the first thing, (laughs) the first thing when the song started, it just immediately starts with that 808 drop, and we just look at each other, and we're like, oh, well, I guess if it didn't, it wouldn't really be a top 40 song. Well, okay, the first, like, (laughs) five seconds, I was like, this might be cool. Okay. But then it but then it was like very quickly I was like, Oh no, this is gonna be something I've heard a thousand times. Yeah. And then the rapping came in and I was like, Oh no. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, you uh, know the only thing that I could say that I thought took a certain level of technical finesse in this song was simply the speed that they were rapping at. 
I think that it is difficult to rap that quickly and be able to literally say as many words per minute as they did. And I'll give them props for that. I mean, that that is definitely not something anybody... It's not something anybody could do. I mean, just look at 21 Savage from last week. He couldn't do that shit. He was way too zoned out. He had the same monotone vibe, but he couldn't rap at half the speed that these guys are. So to that degree, I would say kudos because it clearly takes some finesse and skill to be able to rap that quickly. And I think that's kind of why Migos have uh, become as popular as they are now is because it's taking that mumble rap and just making it a little bit more technical where you can. Um, that being said, the words that they're rapping are nothing to write home about. No. And it doesn't really say anything outside of the, yeah. Money, drugs. Fucking tons of chicks. There is, there is, some there are actually some offensive lines to me. Some about, offensive lines? Yeah. Really? Like, um, I mean, of course there were, but yeah, just about you know women. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, um, totally. It was awful. It just like I won't, I won't repeat them. Actually, I was gonna repeat them, but it's like it's. It no, nah, you can look them up yourselves. Yeah. Loyal, loyal listeners. I sound like a prude, but it's like, I don't know. But like, we're comparing this with a song <clears throat> where literally the last song, they didn't mention. They didn't mention any genders. They were literally like, anybody listening to this song who can move your body is cool. Yeah. And it wasn't... It was sexy in a way where it wasn't explicitly like, I am fucking people. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of sexy. I agree. It it had the right rhythm. It had the right beat and the right flow. And the rapping was done in a way where, like, it had character and it had personality, you know? Like, I could talk about how these guys can rap at sp- at a speedy rate for sure but there's zero character or personality behind their raps like i don't i don't these raps don't indicate to me who these guys are what they're thinking where their lot in life is i don't think that's the point of this song but it just isn't interesting yeah, without you're, that you're reaching bro yeah <laughs> you're reaching bro it's really it's really taking a lot for me to try to find something to compliment this song with, honestly. Like, if the speed of the rapping is the only thing I could say... I'm just, I'm just glad it's behind us. I am too. I'm happy that I liked... The first one was decent, and the second song I liked a lot, so, you know, I'm, I can't ask for more. Even if this last song ends up being another bummer, it's like, it's okay. Well, you know, um, the last song... Is, it actually might be pretty interesting. Um, the next the next and last song of tonight's episode is actually one of uh, Kesha's new singles. Oh, God. So, no, 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 before, before... No, she she did the Kanye uh, Maybe, right? No, that was Carly Rae Jepsen, bro. Wait. Yeah, that was Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, what did Kesha do? Kesha did TikTok... She did uh, okay. Your Love Is My Drug. Oh my god, my sister was at a club and she, like, Kesha was there. Wait, what? She wasn't performing, she was just there and, like, my sister was dancing and she was like, holy shit, and, like, Kesha was, like, like right next to her. Wow. Yeah. Did she, like, say anything to Kesha or she didn't want to kill her vibe? She didn't want to kill her vibe. That's respectable. According to my sister, Kesha was giving my sister, like, sort of... Questionable looks. Questionable looks. 
Was it looks like, damn, you're it, dancing real good. Why don't yeah. I have those moves? It was like that, or maybe like, <laughs> oh, like you're attractive. Oh well, no, 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 so no, no, not, no, 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 not like I'm interested. You're attractive, but like, oh, you're attractive, and like, oh wait, wait, hold on. So you your think, competition? You think, yeah. Oh, that's too bad. I always imagined Kesha as being a little bit cooler than, I mean, I guess she has more of a punk rock edge to her and her. Uh, well, anyway, we can get into that when we talk about this song. I don't know what the song's gonna yeah, sound Kesha's like. Yeah, Kesha's back. I haven't heard. Of, I haven't heard her name in a long time. I know. Well, the reason why we'll also get into when we talk about the song. Okay. But uh, let's listen to it and see what it sounds like. I'm really curious. What's it called? Uh, it is called "Praying." It's called "Praying." Um, yeah, let's check it out, man. Let's see what we got here. Strong I have become. Cause you brought the flames and you put me through hell I had to learn how to fight for myself And we both know all the truth I could tell I'll just say this is I wish you farewell I hope you're somewhere praying Praying I hope your soul is changing Changing I hope you find your not drink as much of this 40 as I probably should have by now. Um, Same. God, I have so much left. I was chugging. Yeah. Um, um. So, should I... Do you know about, like, Kesha's legal battles leading up to this song? Should I explain those first? I know nothing. So, basically what happened was, Kesha's last album, I think was back in like 2013 2014 okay um what happened was um she was signed uh and her producer was this guy named dr luke um and dr luke is a producer for a lot of other people he's done a lot of uh like big pop hits of the last decade very very well established very well known and basically she alleged that um he had basically sexually assaulted her uh, is the short end of the story and so she took him to court um he denied it countersued for defamation and basically what happened was as a result of that kesha alleges that the label didn't allow her to put out any new music like, as long as she was in her contract. Mm-hmm. So the battle then changed to her trying to get out of her contract and just be done with Dr. Luke and be done with that whole situation. Um, but basically, the, the label wouldn't let her go for a very, very long time. And she finally, finally got to the end of the lawsuit. She won. She was able to break free of her contract. And this is the album and subsequent single that have come out since that whole thing went down. So I like that. Okay, so she's been through a lot, and I am impressed that her lead single is not angry or vindictive. Rather, that it's like, even though it's a breakup song, it's like a um, hoping for the best for the other person and wanting them to find peace and a better mindset and like lifestyle yeah um i mean i personally again i don't know kesha i don't know 
her as a person, she always struck me as somebody that was very, um, whether or not she was a nice person, um, she always struck me as very real and very, like, herself, and, like, she wouldn't compromise who she was in a situation, um, apparently this had been going on for, like, five plus years before she took it to court, and, um, the reason why she wanted to be free of the label is because... The, li- the label said that she could release new music, but that they basically wouldn't give it any support when she released it. So they wouldn't promote it. They wouldn't market it. Um, it, bas- right. it basically just would have been like a dead on arrival release, which would have meant that, you know, Kesha wouldn't have seen any kind of monetary gain from that. So it was basically she was basically in like a deadlock. And so that was why she wanted out is kind of what I heard. Right. So but regardless of that, you know, that whole issue aside, just talking about the song. Um, I totally agree. I think that, especially given Kesha's past musical style, with the fact that she, the fact that she was like always kind of like the sassy kind of like talker chick in all of her other songs. Have you heard any of other of Kesha's other songs before? Uh, not too much. She wrote like TikTok and um, Your Love Is My Drug and like all all those songs. And she has a very much like a talky style that's like very like sassy and like. Un, uh, it's treated, but it's not treated. It's very, like, uncouth, I guess. Um, but um, in this song, she comes across as very mature, very much like... She's basically like a different artist now. Um, which yeah. really... It really struck me, you know, as a difference. Because... Um, you know, I think that she was so comfortable in that style before that I think that doing just, like, a piano ballad, it seems like the furthest away from Kesha that I would have ever imagined her doing. Yeah, same here. Um, and yet, she has a great voice. Like, she has, like, you can tell she's got those chops. Um, not even counting that fucking insane high note that she hits near the end of the song. Yeah. I, I, I very much like the soulful, like, super high... Yeah, man. Falsetto. Just like it really, it really blew me away. I really thought that she was going balls out on it, you know. And it's funny because like I feel like when the chorus first came in, I was like, okay, it's just kind of like it didn't really feel like it had a lot of edge to it. But then the, when the second chorus came in, that full beat dropped. I was like, fuck yeah! I like got I, behind it. Yeah, I actually had a different feeling about that when the beat first dropped. Um, oh yeah, what do you think? So like I liked the I I think the chord like the chord and the melody progression of the song is very strong. I liked it and it was um it just uh it worked, you know, it felt like it flowed well and I <clears throat> was following the feeling of I don't know, it's like sort of sad but it's also a little triumphant. Anyway, so I thought the chord and the melody were stronger than probably any other song in this um, episode, mm-hmm. um, but um, and okay, another side point. I very much liked the background vocals, like mm-hmm. all of the melodies and the tones and like the effects. I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, but when the beat first drops, because you don't really get um, much percussion until the like this like bass drum comes in, and when, that's on the that's on like that second, second verse. chorus or yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, so when the beat first dropped, I actually it felt a little out of place and forced Mm, like the piano abruptly shifted from like a more like rounded bass sound Mm -hmm. into like a more like 
a more mid-range, like, uh, sort of tinny sound. Like, the piano changed too abruptly, and the beat just came in too strong, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it, I can like, see that. the next time the beat dropped, I was more into it, but, um... I think that when, at that point in the song, I was still trying... <laughs> I think I was still in the mindset of, like, am I cool with this vibe? And then when the beat came in, it actually kind of gave me something to hold on to, as far as, yeah. like, oh, okay, this is where we're going. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I I feel what you're saying. It, it right. was definitely a shift, for sure. Yeah. I think in the second verse, there was, like, this ambient string background thing I liked yeah. a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I did like the song. Um, I think the lyrics, as, like, most top 40, are a little bland, a little kind of okay well but i think i think that in this song though when you know about the background i think that it it makes it a lot less i think it makes it a lot more specific as far as like who she's talking about yeah you can read into it yeah Yeah. you can read into it past the breakup thing into another thing but i um, mean what's interesting about this song is i think that in say like the logic song that we were going over earlier that was a song that was like super generic for the sake of being generic but i feel like the song is like it's specific but it could be read as generic like to mm-hmm. apply to like a breakup or apply to like a bad business relationship like kesha was in or like any other kind of relationship you're trying to get out of you know the one it's framed as a more like romantic relationship thing right yeah not that it not that it has to be about that but it definitely sounds like it, it for like sure. reading it that way the one the only line that I was like somewhat found um, interesting or insightful was mm-hmm. when she said the best is yet to come which is ba- as a sort of way of refuting refuting the fear that many many people feel when they're right. when they're in relationships and they're like a little afraid to get out of it I think a lot of people they have a fear of like oh I can't get any I can't find anything better yeah totally and um so that little you know reputation was interesting but other than that yeah. it was very you know but anyway I thought her voice was pretty good um I wasn't blown away by it but it seemed genuine and it was good and I liked that high falsetto like we yeah, that was nuts dude um, I was like not <laughs> I don't think I was ready for that it really hit me um yeah honestly like very impressed like very impressed at the like maturity and just like the growth that Kesha's had I mean clearly she has been writing and has been wanting to release music I'm sure all this time but she just hasn't been able to yeah so this is kind of like the first that we're seeing of her really like unleashing like her abilities on the world again in a while I just, I don't know, that whole situation just sounded so totally fucked, you know, like... Yeah. I can't imagine being in her position of, like, I need to get out of this record deal, but, like, I can't, and, like, if I stay in this record deal, my career's dead. Like, it just sounds fucking awful, you know? It does sound... It, it does sound awful, and I very much sympathize when you told me, but if I take a step back, I'm like, dude, she's she has a lot of money... I mean, she does, but but if you're an artist, like money doesn't really matter. I mean, like there's a point where it's like, I no almost, one's stopping you from creating. Yeah, but like if you aren't able to dis- to distribute it in a way where people are going to hear it, then like it's hard, you know. Well, like you yeah, can you can for, you, you can self distribute for a few years, you know. It's like whatever, you know. Yeah, you, you got to wait a couple years to release your creativity. It's like you can still create. You have a shit ton of money, and like. 
What I'm saying is bigger picture, I felt very bad and sympathetic for her. But then when I really thought about it, it's like she's in a very, very comfortable, privileged position. I mean, sure. Like, she's not... She's not... She she would be able to release music if she wanted to. Um, but I th- again, I think that her plight is something that a lot of women, I'm sure, experience in the music industry. And I think that yeah. the fact that she was and she was able to give light to it and be able to be an advocate for women to speak out about that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm discredit. I wasn't considering the, if she, if she was in fact sexually assaulted, that's a whole other matter. Right. That's a whole other serious matter. Yeah. I was, I was only talking about her not being able to release music. Right. That, or not being able to release it to a wider audience right. for, for a couple of years. Well, maybe that's a... I mean, if we can get into this discussion real quick here before we run over time. Do you think that as an artist, if you if you have that platform where you can widely distribute your art and then that's suddenly taken away from you, um, do you think that you should still try and put things out? Or do you think that you should wait it out ride the flood and then when things die down you can release it I don't know her legal predicament like if if she was able to release music if she it's like if she could release music but it just meant that she didn't have a corporation label like to back her to put money into promoting it but she could release it then yeah fuck yeah fucking release it like what what what's holding you up you already have a huge fan base and like it's so easy it would have been so easy for her to promote her own thing given what she's already established through the system but if it was like she would be in legal trouble to release anything because i don't know what her contract was that's a different story i mean i don't know the contract either it's it sucks because in that in that court case she was alleging that Basically, she was alleging that, like, if the label... Basically, she was alleging that, like, whatever material she would release the label... Like, they would basically, like, ghost it. Like, they would just put it on the shelves with no fanfare, no nothing. No one would know about it. It would just be there. Yeah, but she has social media. There's so many other... And she has her own money she could use. Like, she is in a super privileged special position to self-promote. So, I don't... I have no sympathy for that. I was thinking, like, what if she would be in, like potentially sued for releasing anything for years that's what i'm wondering is like if she were to try to promote it on her own that might actually be a breach of contract like like it might it might fall on this on the label solely to promote anything that that their artist releases in which case she wouldn't be able to promote it herself which means that it would basically be a ghost album uh which would be pretty fucked up because then yeah you have no way of telling anybody it's out there um i guess which, again, like, you could probably go through, like, a Facebook channel, you could go through, like, a Twitter channel. I'm sure there'd be some way you could get around it, but with somebody, like, she's not, I don't know, like, not to bash on Kesha or anything, but she's not, like, Nine Inch Nails, where they could take, like, a five-year hiatus and then release an album and everybody gets really excited about it. Like, she's still, at the end of the day, she is still, like, a pop artist, which means that she kind of lives and dies by marketing and promotion, yeah, and staying relevant. And staying relevant. Often, yeah. I mean, staying relevant's a huge part of it, you know? Like, I mean, we were talking about... Quote-unquote relevant. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, re- being relevant is relevant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> more did, you know. Or did I... <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> 
Um, but like in her case, like I don't know if she would have survived if she hadn't got out of that. You know, like it had already been so long without new music that her name was starting to fade already. Like people were like, "What the fuck is Kesha doing?" And then she comes uh, out and is like, I haven't been able to release shit for years. And she does, and she has a ballad, and now she's on the top 40. That's true. I mean, it, it had a happy ending, you know, yeah. uh, which is nice. Um, oh God. So, yeah, I'm going to just skip to the ranking. Okay, yeah, I let's am, do it. The Mi Gente is my favorite. Yeah, totally. And then, totally. like, the Kesha and the Sam Smith song are, like, basically tied, okay. honestly. And then... Whatever. What, <laughs> then, the other one. Fuck that. Fuck one. that. Uh, Gucci Mane song. Don't even say fuck it. it right in the yeah. ear. You know, I think. Uh, I don't know. I almost feel like the Sam Smith song. He was kind of. I mean, I don't want to be a dick because it was an emotional, heartbreaking song. But it felt like Sam Smith was kind of playing it safe. Yeah, he was playing it safe. He yeah. wasn't really trying anything new. Like, it was a new song, and it was a good song, but he wasn't really, like, playing out of his base, whereas Kesha was going out on a huge limb, I thought. Yeah. Like, stylistically, it was definitely way different than anything she'd done before. So, I would give I would give Kesha a little bit more of an edge over... I, might, I, might, I might do that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I wonder, like, if her other singles with corporate backing before the trouble yeah i wonder if she if she was like top five top ten probably oh, oh she totally was so now it's like because of all of that she's never gonna break that she's just she might get into like the 20s range which is where she is now yeah but she's probably not gonna get there again yeah which kind of sucks i mean like she's still in the top 50 which is good yeah um but yeah i mean that is that is that was kind of the trade-off was just like i'm getting out of this label so i can't be in the top five but I'm producing my own thing as Kesha, who people still know, so I'll at least be, like, up there somewhere. I mean, yeah. for an artist like her, I think that's the most that you could ask for in this situation. Right. So, I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm glad to see her out of it, you know? Like, it just sounded like hot garbage, the whole thing, so. I'm glad for you, Kesha. I'm glad you made it out of there alive, and I'm glad to see you making more music that is showing actual growth. Yeah. Not every pop artist can say that they are able to do that. If I ever see you around, I'm going to ask you about the look you gave my sister. I just imagine you, like, giving Kesha a look, and then she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I would never say that about your sister again. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. You never know. We live in L.A. I mean, crazier things have happened. Um, anyway, yeah. I'm... Are you done with your 40? I'm on the last little bit here. I have one last chug. All right. Let's cheers and chug. Cheers, buddy. It is done. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, for 40s on 40s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of our podcast? Wow, that discussion got really deep. I feel like I need to, like, slap myself. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm not even drunk. I'm just, like, you know, that's what happens when you get into deep discussions with your bro. Things just start coming out. I'm, like, mildly buzzed. Really? And, yeah, and I can, I can recall... How much more drunk I was at the end of the last episode. Oh, God. I can recall it so well that I'm like, I'm giving myself more grace. I'm like, holy shit. Given how drunk you were, you sounded and like analyzed pretty good. Given given how yeah. drunk you were. Yeah, man, we got that. 
Like that that forty two ounces of it all of, of old English was <laughs> oh. like oh god never again never again I think the only time I'd be willing to do that is if we did it to brass monkeys maybe but even then all right next week just kidding maybe in a few weeks we'll do it and maybe it'll be yeah. next week we'll see all right we we need to consider doing mixed forty drinks for these episodes Josh yeah. we're gonna run oh, out of like forty types yeah. yeah I'll bring some peanut butter no don't I'm allergic to peanut butter oh fuck that's right yeah I love peanut butter though oh man Seth would die I would actually die it's not a joke Seth would die I have an EpiPen in my car real story true story um well anyway uh, (laughs) before I die though uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight um again this has been 40s on 40s I'm Seth I've been Josh and uh, hope you guys are having a lovely night. And uh, we'll see you again on the flip side. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.